Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I am Bradley and I think he's managed to join us in time, but it is June and he does supply Jeff Keighley with Mountain Dew and Doritos, but I think he's here. Stu, you all good? I am and sadly not in California uh, at E3, so that is disappointing. So how's Jeff getting his um, snacks? Uh, I'm having them shipped there. He said he wanted them sent by gold helicopter, so yeah. Gone for it. Yeah, yeah, enough. Yeah. Gold helicopter delivered straight to his cold, dead eyes. <laughs> yeah, that that feels a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Where you, that that you could tell that was the point in which he probably internally went, "I'm going to start my own thing." Yeah, yeah. How long ago was that? Now feels. I want to say six years ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. E three kind of all blends into one. You know what? I still think one million troops is um, fairly recent. I don't believe it is. <laughs> I don't think it is. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. And it's bizarre, especially bizarre now that it's changed so much and it's much less of a, a deal than it used to be. I mean, I know it's still quite important, but it's not kind of what it used to be, which was gigantic kind of thing. No, but I think I think what we'll do, we'll talk a little bit about E3 season um, because I think there's lots of positives that come out of E3 on uh, for gaming and I think on a mental health point as well. Uh, but E3 is all about games, so we can segue. Segway! 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 Into what have you been playing, Stu? Good segue, yeah. So I, I've played a few this week. So many, in fact, that I'll only talk about three and actually save some for next week. Um, the first one is Pyre, uh, as in P-Y-R-E, Pyre. Mm. Yeah, so that's Supergiant, who did Hades, obviously. And um, I've... And Bastion. And Bastion. And don't forget Bastion. No, no, I've not forgotten it, even though I didn't like it very much. I loved Transistor and loved yes. Hades. I wasn't a huge fan of Bastion, but I know I'm in the minority. I don't think you actually are. I think a lot of people don't actually look back at Bastion with as much fondness as I do. Um, there's quite a lot of critics of it. So I don't think you are in a minority. I think you're in a bit of a 50-50 split. Oh, okay. All right. Fair, fair. I think that Transistor's probably even more divisive, but nowhere near as divisive as Pyre, which I don't think anybody bothered playing, really. Which is a bit I of, did. Yeah, well, of course you did, because it's part of an indie bundle. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, and said indie bundle is where I got it. Uh, ooh, when was that? It was in last year's... Um, yeah, it was in last year's one. Yeah, so yeah. it's taken me only a year to get round to it, which is pretty good by my standards. And, um, yeah, it. I've played it for about an, half an hour to an hour, not very long. I quite like it, and it is very odd, and you can see why it's very divisive. So it's basically a kind of... It's like speedball, so it's like a future sport, although it's not a future sport because it's like RPG styling, so it's more like a renaissance sport. But yeah, basically, you kind of, you're, a wi- you're a group of wizards who are kind of playing a version of dodgeball is the best way of describing it. And it's got a strange choose-your-own-adventure layer on top of it and it's absolutely beautiful it's like one of the best hand-drawn games i've ever seen like it's obviously hasn't got the the huge level of detail that hades has but that kind of works in its favor it just looks like a cartoon it's amazing gameplay wise is (laughs) very divisive but it starts off so slow i've only played it for an hour but 
I've got almost no abilities and it's still introducing game mechanics to me mm. in probably a little bit of too slow a way, but considering they're very straightforward, which is like pass the ball in inverted commas and, you know, get the ball to the other end of the, the field past your opponents. And yeah, so that's strange. But even with all that said, I really quite like it yeah the best way i can describe pyre is that it is um i would say the banner saga mixed with nba jam that's a good description and you could tell they took a lot of influence from this uh, with what they put into hades because without spoiling it i hope it doesn't spoil it too much or, or at all really but it generally doesn't matter in terms of it it does matter but it doesn't actually have a mechanic where you have to win so whether you win or lose a game has no bearing on whether you continue the story as such yeah but does have an effect on the way the story sort of plays out so the more you win you can lose you can you lose teammates you can gain teammates and, and, and things like that and it's the game part of it the, like the sports side of it is almost it should almost be secondary to the overall game itself um in terms of how it plays but it's actually integral to it at the same time it's just i think the problem with pie i think it was such a hard game to sell it is so so good but it's such a hard game to sell and that's the prob the problem i think Supergiant had with it but there's a lot of the DNA from this definitely carried over into Hades, even though they are completely, obviously, completely different games. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I started off with the, I think it's the story mode versus any other type of mode. And I assume there's like an arcadey one that gets you into things a lot more quickly. And I think I made a mistake, really, because there's just reams and reams and reams of dialogue and even good dialogue i get very tired after a little while of it it's really not my bag i mean have you anyone who's listened to it even a handful of episodes of our podcast will know i don't play very many text heavy games it's just not what i do i just i prefer arcadey yeah. stuff and um i love the arcadey nature of the game itself when you're in it but the text heavy bit and this is coming from somebody who's playing bravely default to use your yeah. <laughs> pronunciation with the emphasis on the d um playing bravely default 2 and that's an rpg and i find that's got even less text per minute than more adventure and action uh, than pyre which is ostensibly a, a wizardy sports game so i i think they they misbalanced it as well based on the story mode that i'm playing it feels unbalanced to me as well but i've not played it long enough to be definitive about that no, you are 100% right. And when I talk about the DNA of this being in Hades, I don't just mean they've taken all the good things. You can tell they've learned lessons from from Pyre as well. But what it also showed was just how good the narration side of getting a story across was in Bastion. Yeah. Because that's not text-heavy at all. And you can play and it flows... And that was lost a little bit in Pyre. And they've kind of recovered that really well with Hades. But for me, yeah, it is, you know, it's the weakest of their games, I would say. Yeah. But that's not an insult. It's not an insult at all to what what, what it is. Mm. You know, it's their weakest is better than some output 
from some major companies like best so True. you know it's it's just how you want to look at it but i mean it's not faultless um you know we're not at hades level of polish and nigh on perfection but yeah you, once you get through certain elements it is still a fantastic fantastic game and one i'm glad i've got in my collection yeah. switch port please <laughs> yeah no my final thing to say on that is they're kind of the opposite of housemark and kind of like when Supergiant make mistakes, they still make good games. But when Housemark make mistakes, they really miss the mark, ironically. Yes. Pun very much intended. With a QUE. Indeed. No, it's just a Q. I don't know. Is it QUE, Housemark? It is. The way they spell it. it is, yeah. yes, okay. Yeah. There you go. So that, that, did, that did fit. Indeed. <laughs> and, you know, a QUE, you know what also ends with a QUE? Go on. Segway, if you spell it wrong. Segway! Segway! Segwaying into what you're playing, what are you playing? Right, so um, one I'm actually going to, the first game I'm going to speak about is one where I'm actually going to apologise to the PR company and the devs because I got sent this, I want to say early March, late February possibly. And that's right around the time I had my eye operation. And then I completely forgot about it. Um, and this is Stronghold Warlords. Um, which is a kind of... A, it's a, it's a tactics-based city builder. Um, and I, I, I've, I love a city builder. Don't do tactics games. So I was kind of like... Oh, will I like this or not? And... To start off on a negative, I struggled with it. Um, there's so many layers in this that seem to sort of like really fight for your attention. So you've kind of got to build a city while also sort of constructing an army, which means you've got to recruit different things. You've got to deal with supplies. There's like this diplomacy stuff in there as well and then obviously you've got to defend your city you've got to go out and you've got to battle so it's almost like this four four x kind of thing going on but it's kind of cut down you know you you make a decision of do you want to start a war or not or do you want to be peaceful and it's just so many things going on that for me i think there's a good game in there somewhere um but, yeah, I struggled with it. I struggled with it. Um, and I did wonder if it was me that was the issue. Um, but it does seem, when I checked uh, reviews, especially on Steam, it's kind of mixed reactions to it. Um, I've not really read too many of the actual reviews that are on there. But I know a lot of people had issues with uh, something to do with DLC, over fixing some game-breaking bugs or something, which I never encountered, by the way. Never encountered any game-breaking bugs. But there's quite a lot of people that really enjoy it, and I'm assuming they're the sort of people who are into, like, 4, 4X games and, you know, can handle the many, many layers that there are in this. But I, I, I struggled, unfortunately, with it, which is a shame because, as I said, it looks like there is a good game in here somewhere. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those where I just don't think it's for me. Yeah, I mean, with a lot of 
like board games in the last few years with the sort of explosion in board game popularity and stuff there's been a lot of games that are oh well it's it's like this game but with this mechanic added into it and and you kind of feel that video games have slipped sideways into that a little bit um yeah uh, yeah i've kind of like well to carve out a niche in the marketplace i have to it's not like i have to pick this genre and do really well in it it's i've got to pick all the all the best bits i can from all the popular things out there in the market and try and make something new from that and often it just makes like a frankenstein's monster style arrangement now i'm not saying strongholds like that because i've not touched it but I don't know. It's, it gave me that kind of vibe when you're talking about it. Yeah, no, and it, it definitely is. Um, I mean, the team behind this made Space Colony as well, okay. which is a game I, I really did enjoy. And that is like a city builder mixed with um, like colony type stuff in there. And that felt really well balanced. Because um, when I had, went back and had a look at what they'd done, and I saw Space Colony, and I remember how much I actually enjoyed that. You know, that came out... I want to say maybe five years ago, maybe a bit longer. I don't really know. Sounds right. I really did enjoy that and I got on with it and it felt comfortable and it felt like I could work my way through it. Um, and this was at a time where I didn't realise, you know, ADHD was a thing I had uh, and I would get frustrated with certain games, but that I worked. But uh, where we spoke about Supergiant and they learn, I don't think Firefly here have learned from previous mistakes or what's worked and yeah for me um and again i could just be an outlier here but yeah stronghold warlords is it's just way too convoluted for me and is it the so it doesn't sound like it but is it the sort of thing they could fix with patches to rebalance it maybe or are they stuck with a base game that that might be a bit too diffuse no so this is i think this is on purpose the way this is built. I don't think it's like, oh, they've got balancing rod. I think this is the game they wanted to build. Right. And I've got no I've got no problem with that. I say I don't want to dump on it because it's it's clearly not a bad game. Everything works really well for me. The you know, the every mechanic it's got seems well well designed, well done. But let's just say there's just too much for someone like me to get through um it's why i struggle with a lot of 4x games because there's just so much for me to do and i wasn't realizing this was going to have so many almost four it's not a 4x game but i have so many of those elements in there but it's not something they can fix with a patch at all because this is a absolute game design choice they've made right yeah got it yeah i don't generally like 4x games uh, but that's not a surprise to anybody um I want to like them. That's yeah. the problem because they are so they they look so interesting. They are, yeah. They're very clever, and they very often have really good themes, like thematically and aesthetically, very strong. I played Scythe, uh, the board game, and mm. I, I I actually it's a bad example in a way because I actually really enjoyed playing it, but that was a four X game, and I was terrible at it compared to the other players but I still really enjoyed it because you were kind of competing against yourself more than you were other people and that's that's not something that you can really do in video games and I think that there has to be and I'm not sure if there is because I haven't played them enough there has to be that oversight before you start of okay well we can't take all the regular 4x board game stuff and stick it in a video game because it's not just about what you've achieved along the way. It's about a final result because it's a video game. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, it's I I really do like the idea of the ones that are sort of like set in space. A lot of it, I think, they work thematically really well, and they kind of do the the boring bits of Star Wars better than Star Wars does it. I think that's the best way of of describing the space based ones. But yeah, no, Strongholds Warlords. It's clearly a a decent game. Just ugh, I was probably the one person to pick it up and have a look at it, but I was intrigued. But yeah, it wasn't for me, unfortunately. Fair enough. That's a very generous assessment. It'd be good if it found its own little niche. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it, it probably has. I'd discount my opinion on it personally this, on this one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, the next one I've been playing uh, is a really unusual one with a really unusual backstory. So when I was importing some unusual stuff from Japan, not anything dodgy we're not on the like waifu cushion style end of the spectrum here or anything um i was importing controllers and, and consoles and games and stuff yeah and reselling them yeah one of the things i got that i kept for myself were some satin twin sticks which some people will have had no sort of contact with or knowledge of whatsoever and it's literally like two joysticks um, yeah. in the format of like one controller and they were built for virtual on which I'll talk about probably next week but what I did was on top of getting them going I bought a converter so I could use also use them on my PC and then I fired up MAME and I was playing Smash TV which is one of my favourite games of all time yes. uh, with the twin sticks so that was cool <laughs> yes Smash TV is brilliant. It's so good. I, I, you know, I love Robotron, but I, what I, I prefer Smash TV not because it's a better game, even though it's a great game. It's because it's yeah more of a kind of homage slash rip off of Robotron. Um, but I love the theme. The theme is so strong and so you know so clever. Yeah, for those who don't know, Smash TV and, and Robotron, um, you are a lone player in, in a field of enemies that come pouring at you from entrances from the sides constantly, and you've just got to gun them down. It's a, tw- it's, well, a twin stick shooter, obviously, but designed around not analog controls, but digital ones, hence the controller. And it, the Smash TV theme is that it's a game show and that you've got to survive and win against all these mutants, and it's very strongly uh, kind of influenced by RoboCop and that level of satire, uh, consumerism satire. Did, so, yeah. did it come before or after Running Man? I can never remember. Oh, it came after Running Man. Uh, yes. It came after RoboCop as well. I think. I think not long after. I think it's eighty-eight Smash TV. Yes, nineteen eighty-eight. Something so, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Robocop was eighty seven, so it's it's in, inspired by, but very quickly inspired by. They were, but yeah, no, it came definitely after Running Man. But yeah, no, it's got all that kind of an influence, uh, and it's got loads, of, you know, big guns, big money, big prizes. So I love it. Yeah, no, I, I I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Smash TV, but not the first time around that I played it. Okay, yeah, I don't know what it was. I think it was one of those games I picked up and went, it's hard. <laughs> I was just going, ah, oh, yeah. I don't want to do this. It's too hard for me. Um, so I kind of played other stuff instead. Much probably to the childhood of my mum, who I probably begged for it. Yeah. And just like, no, you are good about it. I don't like it. Um, let's play Colin the Cleaner instead. <laughs> well, I can't remember, honestly, can't remember what I played it on. Um, yeah. I had the, um, the SNES one back in the day. That's the only... 
like legit copy of Ever Owned. Uh, that was really good. It works so well on the SNES. It's a little bit cut down, but not by much. Yeah. Yeah, and the pad pad works surprisingly well with it. Yeah, uh, but I got I, I grew to get an appreciation of it. I want to say mid to late nineties. Uh, yeah, I, I I think I was probably just too young when I first played it. Um, I just couldn't appreciate it. Played it second time around and absolutely fed in love. I'd love a remaster remake of that with modern quality of life stuff. Yeah, I'd like a a, a sequel kind of thing yeah but with just the dna of the original game but with loads of extras stuck on top um not to like completely rip on housemark continuously but they did that uh that what's it called ex machina yes not long ago that is in the same sort of you know style or format kind of thing and it's just a billion miles away in terms of quality it lacks that immediacy you know it's got too many things added to it that aren't driving the gameplay and yeah. it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination but it really points up how good smash tv was even though it was designed as a coin goblin monster yes Yes, and, and here's a new challenge. Every game Stu talks about, we're going to absolutely lay into house mark. I know, yeah. <laughs> Poor guys, I feel really sorry for... Not that they'd be listening, but if they did, Jesus. They'd be firebombing my house. I think they had... Resogun was so good, um, especially when it came out with Pierce. What is like, bizarrely, like the, I think the one game that went, oh my God, indies are the ones that can drive the next gen at the time and I think that was so good they set such a high bar for themselves it became very difficult to reach that again I yeah yeah it is really good it's it's still not as good as Defender but it's it's more approachable than Defender which is stupidly hard yeah um, I disagree with you I think it's better than Defender and I I loved Defender as well I think I was mentioned before when it comes to the shoot-em-ups I I like that one because it goes in the right direction yeah both (laughs) because it's wraparound yeah and I had that on my Atari so I remember remember that oh yeah I used to play that on my mate Chris's Atari all the time and uh, that and uh, Empire Strikes Back I always loved that as well yeah it was I think my Atari like it came to it it was like Centipede Cuba and uh, Defender were the first games I had for it and um, Centipede was just like very basic obviously you know it's Centipede Cuba was impressive to look at to a degree um, I don't remember thinking at the time like Defender was making my eyes bleed that it moved so fast and it was so good <laughs> and stuff like that um, it's like when you first saw Sonic I suppose for the first time and it's like oh my god it does move fast but you go back and play it now and you just go wow well, he's um, it's walking pace almost <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a, a much quieter slower time although I remember um, oh god was it was it Spy Hunter Yes, that I always felt like that made your eyes bleed with how fast your brain was trying to keep up. Yes. Mm. Yeah. What else have you been? Uh, what else have you been enjoying? Or so, not? well, there's one I'm going to touch on briefly. I don't think it's embargoed. <laughs> now I should really do my checks before we do stuff. But let me just have a quick check. I don't think it's embargoed, and I can talk a bit about it. Um, just this is let's... top quality podcasting material. Is let's just feel for a second <laughs> there we go <laughs> I might edit this down a little bit <laughs> <laughs> 
quite like the dirge-de-durring in the background, like. There's no embargo. So, yeah, no, I've been playing Blood Bowl 3. Oh. Which is due out in September. Um, but currently, it's got a beta beta running at the moment. I don't know if it's open or closed, but I got sent a code for it anyway. And I really enjoyed the original Blood Bowl and Blood Bowl 2. Um, I think I played Blood Bowl 2 mainly on an Xbox. But I also have it on PC. So I played it on both anyway. Um, but I've never played the original desktop version of it and it's you know from what i understand it's very face faithful to the board game um and it is turn-based dice rolls will do a lot of the outcomes of um of certain parts of the game as well it's very much the same game as before but somehow still still feels very fresh so do you know sort of like how your fifas and your maddens do feel like just roster upgrades most years unless you sort of like do like a good oh look i'm looking back at fifa 14 you can tell it's quite clearly different to fifa 21 yeah this doesn't feel like that it doesn't feel like it's just a generic thing it feels fresh still despite being the same game so i've only spent a couple of hours with it um because to be honest that's how long it can take to play a couple of games of it anyway and yeah really enjoyable good good ai in it it's not overly punishing um you can set the game to sort of be as difficult as you need it to be i've only played against the ai so far i've not played any online because i will get my ass handed to me but really really impressed and come september I'll definitely be on the full version and probably do something more in depth. But anyone who's interested in Blood Bowl, anyone who enjoyed any of the first two games, honestly, it's outstanding. It, it's more of the same. It somehow feels fresher. Somehow feels a bit better. Get on it. If you've never played Blood Bowl, you could probably get Blood Bowl 2 really cheap just to test the waters. Yeah, I, funnily enough, never played it, even though I've had opportunities and I really, really like the concept. And yeah, I think I might have to, might have to dip into this one when it comes out, out of beta. Yes. And as I said, I mean, again, I don't know how much. Do you know what? I think Blood Bowl 2 is quite cheap on Steam at the moment. 15 quid for Blood Bowl 2 and you'll easily get 15 quid's value out of it before blood bowl 3 comes out um as well rather than probably spending 40 odd quid on blood bowl 3 but do get blood bowl 3 because it does look like it's shaping up to be brilliant so any any more from you uh, yeah the last one uh that i'll talk about is uh, a biggie uh you know in terms of size triple anus triple anus oh jesus that's not good is it <laughs> <laughs> you'd have a lot of problems in life or maybe a lot of fun who knows but um <laughs> i really made myself laugh for that one um yeah so in terms of triple a ability uh yeah shadow- rather than triple a <laughs> indeed yeah, shadow of the tomb raider um so yeah no I, I had a lot of fun with rise of the tomb raider over sort of christmas period not long ago and I thought I'd dip into this one, and yeah, it's it's really good so far. I've not played much of it, but it's jungle based. Where the other one was like all set in sort of Tibetan mountain ranges and stuff. Yeah, and this is all yeah very lush jungle, and uh, yeah, it's it's very much in the vein of Last of Us and Uncharted games, but it's got its own little quirks that that make it good and. What I like about the, this reboot series is leaving it till you can get the sort of definitive edition and it comes with all the 
challenge tombs, which are the ones that are, you know, they're like individual puzzles, really. And they're really clever ones, and it's where the, the team really flies. And you play through those, and you're like, oh, it's such a shame that that they've kind of pushed that development team down the route of making it more of an adventure than a puzzle game. Yeah. Because they're so good at creating those things. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's worth investing in because it's dead cheap. Uh, from my perspective, I know it's not... A lot of people are not a fan of the series at all. But for somebody who, like, I never caught on with Uncharted and Last of Us are fine too depressing, it's, uh, it's yeah, a good action sort of dumb blast really yeah no i i agree tomb raider had to do something different it was going in a stale direction it it wasn't doing anything every game that was coming out seemed poorer than the one previous and whilst i weren't a big fan of how they treated lara in the main reboot to start with the you know the whole idea of you'll you'll want to protect her and they just had her turned into a gun-toting badass. I, I I felt it missed the mark a bit there with that. But overall, early story beats aside, gameplay-wise, it, it, it brought it to a modern age that it needed to do. It humanised Lara rather than making her just a complete sex symbol that she was and done so much good with it. Um, it is flawed, I think, but... Yeah, I'd go with you. I think overall I preferred them to the Uncharted series. Yeah, it's quite surprising that it's, it's ended up like that for me. I I found the sort of Nathan Drake stuff too much of a kind of, haha, you know, everything's dead funny, blah, 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 and let's blow a load of people's brains out for no good reason. Whereas Lara has got a, a real, and I think it's deliberate, kind of moral ambiguity yeah like it, it's great she isn't she hasn't been uh sexualized mm-hmm. in in this series it's great i mean she's clearly kind of based on an a, an attractive like a classically attractive style of of individual but you know she's not sexualized so that's brilliant and it's never referred to her appearance isn't referred to and it has no bearing on the game which is brilliant what does come out is the fact that She's so driven as a character and so focused that she misses the bigger picture and uh, about you know individuals and, and humanity, and I think it's making a it seems to be making a subtle sort of meta statement about that you know that that character even back from you know the the mid nineties just had one focus and didn't give a monkeys about anything else and I think if it is doing that that's incredibly clever if it isn't then I'm just reading far too much into it which is also very possible yeah no I I, I completely agree with you there um, with Nathan Drake when you've got him making quips and being this supposed really nice guy and you know he's meant to be a little rogue yet he's murdering people left right and centre and he doesn't care about it. There's no remorse whatsoever. I mean, he is a psychopath. In any way, sense of the word, he's, he is a psychopath. Yeah. Whereas with Lara's kills, I would say that's 90% justified a lot of them. And even though she doesn't sort of like see her sort of like being like further and further depressed or sort of like getting PTSD based on the kills she makes, she's not going from murdering 20 people in a room to making a quip about it. 
and so it feels a lot more grounded and i found yeah. that worked really really well for me um, i say still flawed in many ways you know it's not much tomb raiding in, a, in the modern tomb raider games probably could have got away with calling them lava croft rather than tomb raider but yeah no yeah. it's uh, yeah. they are good but i was one and done with i don't think i could go back to them no, and I'd say if if people out there haven't touched them yet, and they are interested, I would go with Rise of the Tomb Raider. I think even, yeah, I think you know it's probably the best of the three, and it's well worth well worth a go. Even if you're not, even if you're on the fence, especially as it'd be so cheap now. Yeah, yeah, you can probably get it for about twenty p or free in a packet of crisps or something. So complete opposite to going around murdering. Lara obviously she used to like murdering the old wolves and then murdering the old Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's weird. That was really weird. <laughs> I've just yep. seen the Tyrannosaurus Rex. They're extinct, but I'm just going to shoot it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I've been playing Elba, a wildlife adventure. Got sent a code for this via um, the wonderful Safe in Our World who organised um, getting codes of this out. And what you've got here is... An adventure game, story-driven adventure game that is around protecting wildlife, protecting the world, finding the good in the world. Uh, you take on the role of this young girl called Elba and you go around taking photos of things. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful, calm, relaxing game. And it just does so much, so, so well. There's some, you know, uh, just to point out that on Steam, at least, they done a uh, every download equals they'll plant a tree. I believe possibly on the Switch, every sale will be a planting of a tree as well. So, you know, they're really trying to use, um, trying to offset, I suppose, what's needed to download the game to sort of like help increase um, those sort of things. So, yeah, it's just all about sort of like seeing the beauty in the world. Um, Alba is a lovely character. Um, she's charming. The people she meets and interacts with are all charming as well. Kind of set on this small Mediterranean island. And, yeah, they just decide she meets up with like a, a, an old friend and they decide that they're going to do what they can to protect the wildlife on this island and document it and all that kind of thing and I, honestly i can't say just how beautiful and how much it puts a smile on your face but um playing it without actually saying to you just go out and play it yourself but it is absolutely beautiful absolutely wonderful alba's a lovely character and yeah if you get a chance go out and play this one absolutely adore it yeah, that is a long way from Shadow of the Tomb Raider where you are encouraged to take down any wildlife that you can see. And, uh, I kind of, I, 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 yeah, obviously hate animal cruelty in the real world, but I have like a perverse enjoyment of slaughtering creatures in video games for a laugh every now and again. Well, it's the same and, uh, as I won't go and kill people in real life, but it is fun to slaughter people in real life. In real life, sorry, in video games. Oh, <laughs> you see, <laughs> the truth coming out now. Um, yeah, this is definitely the complete opposite of that. Then I don't think there's no animal murdering. <laughs> I mean, the first interaction you really get with the game is there's a beach dolphin, and you have to go and find like all the locals to help you sort of like unsnare it from its net and move it back into back into the sea. So yeah, literally the complete opposite. Um, yeah, your one sounds really good, Alba. Sounds really cool. Um, I I do like it when you have that kind of 
totally non-traditional thing of you don't just interact with the world by destroying stuff within it you know yeah uh it doesn't happen very often other than in puzzle games really uh so it's nice to see yeah i mean it's a weird one to sort of like okay that's why i'm glad we don't do review scores or, or, or anything like that or even reviews as such we just talk about the games because I don't know how to review it because it's not a walking simulator, but it is at the same time. It's more interaction than a walking simulator. And it's not quite, I would say, visual novel either. It's, But it is so much like dialogue that's important and just interaction. It's very casual, but it's very involved. It's an adventure game, but it's not really sort of like a vast adventure that's going on. So there's just so many... Uh, things that are at odds with each other in terms of how to describe it but it just just works perfectly and even if you don't play it you know it's just over 13 quid and trees get planted so you know you're doing good for the world nice yeah but it is a great game as well so even if you so if you do buy it definitely give it a go because it is that damn good talking of standouts segway i'm trying a segue Segway! 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 It's E3. Not as we know it, but that's not a bad thing. And E3's kind of gone on from being just the E3. Now it's everything that surrounds it. We've got the Summer Games Fest. We've got the various conferences that go on. And then you've got all like the side things such as the Guerrilla Collective, Indies, the Wholesome Games, the Summer Games, I say Summer Games Fest, Jeff Keighley's thing as well, and uh, just so many announcements. It is just the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, I saw someone put it, it's like Game of Christmas, except instead of getting gifts, you get teasies. Very true. Which I think is a, a great way of putting it, but who doesn't love a good tease or trailer of a game? I think sometimes the fun is looking forward to the games rather than actually playing the games. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love it. It's, you know, it's the one time I think, you know, when you look past the, I think, it used to be a very cynical affair, I think, um, E3. And it, it's changed over the past couple of years. And some people might say for the worst, but I think it's become something where you have a weekend to a week, depending on how much you take in, of just a celebration of video games i think the years where there's no new consoles to be announced there's not going to be a switch pro doesn't matter how much people want one you get games for everyone if you're into your triple anus games then they're there <laughs> that's gonna haunt me forever that one <laughs> whether you your indie games they're there you always find something completely out of left field and yeah you know i you know i just can't wait i mean we've already had some massive stuff announced you know we've had a new battlefield's been announced i believe as we are recording elden ring has just been shown off speaking of triplainers but that's been that's been shown off and there's a new jurassic world evolution Super excited for that. All coming out of Summer Games Fest. Um, I think Hideo Kojima's announced the director's cut of Death Stranding. There's been some stuff with Fall Guys, I believe. And just yeah, just and that's before E3 even kicked off. And that's not to say like back in the Gorilla Collective, um, that there wasn't a whole bunch of stuff released there 
as well. Just so many, many good games that are being shown off at the moment. And if you look beyond the major conferences, there is such a world out there of amazing video games. And I love this time of the year as a gamer. I absolutely love it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I, it kind of... It, I don't really get excited about, about it anymore. I know that's really sad, but... I, yeah, I just don't. I kind of... I've been disappointed by so many games for so many years that I tend to wait for reviews and tend to wait for even more opinions from other people, from people I trust more than I do reviews and so that takes time and it takes till after they've come out and yeah, it's it's, it's sad and it's unfortunate but yeah, I don't really get hype anymore See, it depends on the games I know I'm a shill for indie games uh, but I, I will look at an indie game announced just look at the base I want to say the base ideas and just go, yep, I'm up for that. You know, 12 minutes when that was shown off. I mean, that's been on my radar for what feels like forever. Um, Hopefully we'll get a a solid release date at some point during this next week. And the basic premise is you're repeating the same 12 minutes over and over and over and over and over. And you've got to discover the mystery that's, that's just that premise alone the fact that we can make a game that does that it might not turn out to be as good as what i've got in my head but we can make it and i love seeing stuff like that backbone has just come out reviewed it on the site and i'd built that game up in my head to be something that it could never match up to yet somehow it did you know you look at games such as Disco Elysium, which has got fully voice acted um, lines in it all the way through, and that that needs it, I think. Yet somehow the same emotion is conveyed in Backbone just through text alone. And then you know you just got to look at the itch the itch.io bundles and what you're getting out of those when it comes to indie games. Mixalumia, you know, it's it's not a perfect puzzle game, but absolutely love that it's there and it's you know. It cost me pennies when I bought it properly. You can get it for pennies along with a thousand odd other games in a, in you know recent bundles. Um, Cavill is another one I absolutely fell in love with. And again, it's I think people need to. I know this isn't like aimed at you, but I think a lot of gamers need to really look beyond the main companies. There's like what three or four main companies now. You need to go beyond those and, and scratch beneath that surface and see just what an amazing plethora of games there are and stop expecting every game to be a 10 out of 10. And I think you'll sort of like... I know you generally are quite open to sort of so many different games across, but E3, I think especially if you just look at the main conferences, you're going to be left disappointed. And I would say if you only ever want to watch one conference at E3, watch Devolver Digital. That that just whatever you do, ignore the rest. Watch Devolver Digitals because that's just a show. Yeah, I think that's good advice, really. Uh, in general, I don't know where Triple uh, Anus Gaming, yes. Triple Anus is these days. Um, I don't. I, I just don't even. It's never even on my radar anymore. Uh, I mean, even you know, like Shadow of the Tomb Raider is a recent one for me, and that's three years old. Yeah, just nothing out there. Just. In in the AAA or even AA field, really, is kind of lighting my fire, and I'm e- I'm either picking them up where it's dirt cheap, or I'm buying stuff new that's like you know similar to you that it's it's like indie stuff, and yeah, I think the the indie scene is where all the excitement is without shadow of that, and that's without any bias. Yeah. That's just like yeah, well, I think plain fact that the last really. great 
AAA game for me, and I still don't know if it counts as AAA, is probably Yakuza 7, Like a Dragon. That, yeah? Is that AAA? I'd say no. Near Automata, near Replicant, not for me, but late AAA? I don't know. Probably not. Is Plat- I don't know if Platinum's AAA. Again, no. No. No, I think if you used to go and ask the general person in the street... Oh, what do you think of Nier Automata? Now, look at you with a blank expression. Yeah. But they'll know what Call of Duty is, what FIFA is, and, and Tomb Raider, and probably even sort of like Uncharted. They'd know what those are. But, you know, yeah. Assassin's Creed, no. I won't touch an Ubisoft yeah. game. Yeah, I'd say. They're all the same. I'd say Assassin's Creed. I'd say God of War. Yeah. Uh, Last of Us. These are all like ones that I'd consider to be... Uh, you know, good franchises, but definitely AAA, as opposed to st- stuff like Call of Duty and FIFA, which I'd say are poor. Fr- you know, they're not poor because they're still solid mm. games, but they're just re- repeated ad infinitum year on year with only minor tweaks, really. And yeah, outside of that, there aren't very many. They're all concentrated into a small number of franchises. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, you take possibly biggest of these this type of genre but you take something like sim city which is probably the closest to a triple a strategy game there is um and they buggered it up yeah because triple a publishers went oh how can we make more money yet you compare that to what i played recently in a hundred days which is a strategy business building game about making wine and it's wonderful it's not perfect it has issues but it is just absolutely wonderful to play you know you look at madden compare it to mutant league mutant football league look compare it to blood bowl yeah i'll give you those two any day fifa i can't i honestly can't there's no we need a decent football game to come out but i'm i'm playing at the moment and i'll I'll be talking about it again this next week but i've been playing just started playing um afl evolution which is aussie rules football um and yeah do you know what give me that any day niche sport video game i love handball as a video game won't ever watch the sport itself but yeah absolutely love those give me those over fifa every day because they're not turning around to me every 10 seconds and going hey let's make some more money you know and yeah i I think yeah i agree I, i think the only sort of triple a stuff that lives up to the hype is nintendo's stuff Because they're so cautious and careful about making sure the quality is there before they let it come out. And I've got like Mario Golf on pre order, and it's not, you know, I I don't just automatically, you know, just pre order any of Nintendo stuff by any stretch because I I often don't click with it. But their sports range is often a, a really good antidote to the likes of FIFA. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice to have them. Yeah, and again, with the indies and, and stuff like that as well, you can get something out of it, invest in a few hours. You're not having... They're not trying to turn everything to 100-hour epics. Yeah. I mean, I look at... Um, I've got uh, Metro Exodus sat here installed on my... On, on, so it's installed, the downloads there and everything. But every time I look at it, I go, that's going to take many, many hours. And I really don't know if I can be bothered Whereas Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light, because they were both quite linear games, I was like, yep, 
happy with those. Uh, what's say ten to twelve whatever hours each one absolutely brilliant as soon as they went metro exodus open world i was like okay yeah you know the only problem i would say with the indie scene is everything's a roguelike or a deck builder that that they need to get out of that space yeah soon but if you again you scratch that bit deeper they are out of that space it's like they're like the top indie games are the the roguelike deck builders go beyond that and you get so much other good stuff as well Yep, definitely. So, but but the point I was going to make, and we kind of went off off topic a little bit, was you kind of get to a point in the summer, I think halfway through the year, where you kind of start having that bit of a downwards step mentally at times. Um, I don't know why it is for me. I, I you know, I, maybe because I don't like the summer. It gets too hot and I get stroppy and and so on and so forth. But then I've got video games and I, I, yeah, new announcements just always give me something to look forward to. You know, it's like, oh, it's early next year or we'll have it out by the holidays and the shadow drops. A shadow drop is the most amazing thing. Um, again, I know they're designed to make you go and spend money, but I, I love a shadow drop that, um, and it's available now. It's just brilliant and it's just yeah one of those things that just gives you uh, when you're down it gives you a way to come back up again they're not all perfect but then you, you get the cringe as well that you can laugh at because as much as they try and buff them to perfection so there's no slip-ups there's always a slip-up there's always something cringe I, I, long live e3 in some vein is what i'm getting at i don't know i'm just talking <laughs> Well, I think it will always exist in some form. I think it, it started early enough in video game history to be one of those things where it feels like it has to exist. It's kind of like the Oscars um, in its own kind of weird way. So, I've, yeah, yeah, even if it changes completely out of all recognition to what we know of it now, I think it will always be there, even if it's just as a, as a brand. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I like the fact that it's there. I don't get as hype as I used to, but I do I do like the fact that it exists. And there's definitely stuff you can pluck out of it for fun. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's a good time of year. Ironically, I think um, COVID saved it. I actually yes, think yeah. had it gone last year as normal E3 and this year as another normal E3 I think we would have been talking about the death of E3 whereas I think Covid and they've had to rethink how it's done and I think we're seeing more direct styles and it just brings it to everyone I, I think it saved E3 moving forward I, I completely agree I think it was the absolute best thing that all those people dying <laughs> could do yeah. is make E3 relevant again but it certainly did that yeah your sacrifice will not be forgotten. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, if it wasn't COVID, Nathan Drake probably would have come and slaughtered you all anyway. Too right. That monster. And uh, without going full Jeremy Clarkson on that bombshell. Oh, I thought we weren't allowed to say that. You told me a year ago I wasn't allowed to say that. Yeah, but, you know, I, <laughs> I, I forget these things. Well, you're the boss. You set the rules. So that's fair enough. Yeah. And I'm not the one that's got a triple anus. So, you know. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so haunted by that. <laughs> but it's fair enough and it would be only fit you may sort out the back end of the show the most important thing for this week is editing out all of that stuff so that I don't look like a complete fool but that'll leave us with about two minutes of content so I suppose it'll have to stay but yeah no in the meantime 
have a great week everybody follow us on all the socials as usual uh, donate on Patreon or on Coffee if you can afford it and you feel moved to and in the meantime new branding new branding oh new branding sorry yeah oh we look sexy now I'm just getting something in my ear hole saying to remind the people of our new branding so yeah we've got new branding and it's really excellent it's really really good I don't know who did it some intern or something I don't know no uh, it was and I will give credit it is someone called Sparkle Cat who um, approached me on the safe in our world discord and offered to do the logo work for free for us I will mention Sparkle Cat again soon because he also runs a website that is looking to do positive things in the world and I'll be in discussions with him over the next couple of weeks about how we can collaborate but he does the logo for us it's absolutely fantastic but listen out for more it's two-way i believe that he's um he's 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 things called but we'll be talking more about that in the future great so just to have completed me looking like a complete douche for the week i only made that joke about it being an intern thinking it was brad who had done the uh, done the graphics so uh yes apologies to Sparkle Cat, that was certainly <laughs> no implied as criticism of yourself. You should have known it wasn't me because it actually looked decent. <laughs> but you see, I actually have a high opinion of you. I don't know where it comes from, but you know, there you go. I don't, so. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, yeah, that's the end of a, a quite a long episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> so, as usual, everyone, stay safe, stay sane, and take care.